Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Gay With God podcast, a safe place for us to share our stories and support one another. How long did we know? What challenges did we face? Did we lose our faith? When did we find our way back home? Or are we still searching? The stories you hear on this podcast will melt your heart and strengthen your belief that in God, all things are possible and you can be authentically gay with the God of your understanding. I'm your host, Midge Noble, and I am very honored that you are here. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Gay With God podcast. This is Midge Noble, your host, and I'm here again to talk with you without a guest. I hope that this isn't getting boring for you. I really do love sharing some thoughts with you, but as always, I most prefer to have a guest to honor their story. So if you're a person who was waiting for the new year to sign up to be a guest with the Gay With God podcast, please do so. And if you haven't thought about it, give it a thought. Think about how relevant your faith journey story, your coming out story is to others who are still looking for role models and people that they want to be able to say, hey, (laughs) I'm dealing with the same thing and I would love to be able to keep moving through my journey. When I talk to people about becoming a guest, they get very nervous and think that, well, my story might not be interesting. Let me just say that I have never found a guest that I was not interested in their story. I feel like all of these stories are relevant. They're poignant. They're inspiring. I just want all of our stories to be able to be heard. And I want you to feel like you're listened to and that somebody sees you. I would love to hear and to honor your story. So if you have not yet been a guest, or if you have been a guest and you have some new things going on in your life, I would love to go deeper with you and to go in a direction that you want to go now after we've already done your coming out faith journey story. I don't care if you're a repeat guest. I care that other people are able to hear what you have to say and that you're ready to share it. So today, my topic with just me is abundance of what? This topic came up after I did a good sacred Sunday morning post to a couple of the groups that I run. Just for fun, be specific when you ask for abundance. And the reason I posted that was because in 12 hours, our family grew from three dogs to five. Now that may... (laughs) surprise you (laughs) that I had three dogs. I was never looking for necessarily five dogs. We've had five dogs in the past and it was a lot. Not really living with five dogs is a lot so much as traveling with five dogs is a lot. And when it's raining, wiping 20 paws instead of, you know, 16 really does make a difference (laughs) or say four. (laughs) So it is a lot, but here's how that happened. We had our three dogs after our beloved Roddy died. And it's been a journey going through the grief of Roddy because he was the one that had gotten lost after being attacked in our neighborhood and he ran off in a panic. It was complicated because once we looked for him for three and a half weeks, it was just absolutely the most horrendous thing that I think we've ever been through as a couple or as people individually. We got him back. We got him back healthy, and we had him for three more years until he had a stroke. 
we wonder if the trauma of that attack shortened his life and we'll never know that, but he definitely struggled some to get healthy again after his attack. But we were grateful and forever grateful, as I've mentioned before, that we had him for three more years and that he passed with us and that he knew he was loved and he was well taken care of and as healthy as he could possibly be until he had his stroke. We had then stayed in a state of grief until we were thinking that we could maybe add another baby to the family. And we started fostering a dog that we were going to foster to adopt. But that dog came in large. I mean, he was a lot of dog with his personality, with his size. We thought he was smaller as we looked at the pictures before we actually got him. And then for me, if you know me well enough, you know that I don't foster or I would be a hoarder. But this child was a lot of dog. He was resource guarding. He hadn't been neutered. He had a lot to unpack so to speak. And our dogs had to almost go into lockdown because it was just so much trying to take care of all of his needs and make sure that he didn't start a fight, that the bones were put up and taken out only under supervision. It was a lot of moving around and a lot of pieces that had to go into place. I devoted my time to training him and nurturing him and trying to help him through the transition, because I know that as you bring in a dog that's been not taken care of and has no skills whatsoever, you know, they talk about three days, three weeks, three months, that it takes three days for a very, you know, traumatized dog to even begin to recognize that, that he's in your, your surroundings. I mean, you know, he's just still going off of just adrenaline. It takes three weeks for that that dog to start to assimilate to your rules, your structure, your your way of life, and to start to have a thought that he's not going or she's not going anywhere else. It can take up to three months or longer for a dog to truly be able to become the pack member that is going to fit into your family and be able to negotiate the rules and play nice and and share and get along and all those things that you expect from a family member. We tried for six weeks to assimilate and help him to move forward with us, but because the three dogs he was with were targets for him. He tried to he tried to get along and he tried to play. He could lay on the couch with other dogs, but anytime he wanted something right away and he couldn't have it, he became very excitable and sometimes aggressive. And it was just, it was just a, a, almost like a pressure cooker just waiting to blow. And so the rescue group recognized that, that, you know, they wanted to try our pack because they're such a stable pack themselves, but he just could not assimilate and, and make it work in a dog family. He needed to be an only dog person, person, <laughs> he needed to be an only dog family. So we were able to rehome him to another foster home within the same rescue group. And he just got adopted and they're loving him. And he's awesome because he, he had so many great qualities, but the one thing that he couldn't get past was sharing and being able to be, you know, a solid, careful member of the pack. So I'm grateful for that. That was a blessing that he got placed and that he also is adopted. 
So as we were going through that, we found out that our dear friend who had been, has always been a breeder, but she's now our vet, had a little girl that she had bred a couple of times, but now she has decided that she needed to be rehomed because some of the other little girls in the family were treating her horribly, and she had completed her round of having puppies. She is such a responsible breeder that she's very careful about who she adopts out to and who she rehomes to, and she decided that we would be the family that she would want Miss McKenzie to go to. She had given us Roddy previously. Early on, we had a couple of her pet quality corgis that we first started with, Sicha and Carissa. And so she's known us for so many years that we were the persons that she wanted to rehome little McKenzie to. We decided we would do that. And we wanted to wait until the first of the year because we still needed to get our pack back to their normal routine after our foster pup. And so we figured we could get through all of that holiday time and that would give them enough time to get back into their routine. And it happened that they were back to their regular groove. We were able to go then get Kenzie on a the Thursday of, of the 1st of January. I was so excited to bring her in because she actually is a cousin to Roddy and her face looks very similar to his. So it was just nice to know that probably his spirit was returning back to us in the form of little Kenzie. And I just couldn't wait to have that essence of something new and something old back in the house. Well, that Wednesday... We got a call to go up to see my mom-in-law because she was having some health issues and it was decided that she was probably going to have to be hospitalized, but she would be seen by her doctor in the morning to get approval to go into the hospital. She's dealing with a lot of dementia that's very aggressive and very horrible, uh, lots of hallucinations. And for the last several, several months to probably about a year, I really felt like the dog she had in her home was being not treated as well as she had used to treat it, that she wasn't able to keep up with medicine. She couldn't do the exercise. She couldn't do uh, the right portions of food and the dog had become quite obese. So I took her dog with us that night with her permission so that she wouldn't have to you know, mess with her that night and it was cold and she didn't need to be outside and she was going to be going to the doctor in the morning and possibly the hospital. So we packed up our medicine and packed her up and we got her to our home. And that's when I said, she's not going back. We need to make this break. We need to help her to understand that she's having a hard time taking care of herself. She can't take care of her dog. And we checked with the vet. The vet was in agreement. Many of her friends are in agreement. And so we knew in our mind that this is how that was going to go. So within 12 hours, we went from our stable pack to knowing that we were going to get Kenzie on Thursday. We bring in little Miss Dakota on Wednesday, and now we're up to five. So my post about being careful about what kind of abundance you ask for <laughs> made me think about how our, our little fur baby uh, family exploded within 12 hours. But then I think too about what kind of abundance are we looking for? You know, as a faith journey, as we're talking about our faith journey and having a relationship with the God of our understanding, how does that fit in? So 
abundance is not just about money, is it? It Abundance is what do we spend a lot of our time with? Well, right now I'm spending a lot of my time with dog hair <laughs> and vacuuming and making sure that everybody's getting the right medication. And um, it's, it's just a, it's a job in itself to have that many dogs. But the joy that I get in watching them love each other and play and Kenzie She's always been around a lot of dogs, but she's never really played apparently with the dogs there because they were very high strung corgi bitches. And um, she's very mild and and meek in some ways. So when she came in, she just sort of like, you know, wanted to be close to me or, you know, get hugs from people and be petted by people. But she was not interested in bones. She was not aggressive around food, although she wanted to be first all the time. She definitely loves her food and it, it, she's a corgi, so she's very food oriented. And so we have to watch her with her boundaries as far as you just don't go up to somebody else's bowl because they're used to communal bowls, you know, when they're being bred sometimes. So, um, we have to be careful about that. But the abundance part is, you know, where am I spending my time? Well, yeah, a lot of my time right now is is, is orienting her and she's now chewing on bones, not all the time, but she's chewed on some bones. And she's also starting to figure out where her place is, where the bowl is. And all this, all this is just awesome to watch them grow and become a pack member, play with the other dogs, which she's starting to do that as well. So I've got a few things that I'm going to go through with you today about where is your abundance according to your faith journey and your relationship with the God of your understanding. The first one is, are you spending more time believing that your relationship is a Santa Claus relationship versus the God of your understanding? What I mean by that is when I was younger, I really believed that God must be like Santa Claus because you're always supposed to like be good for God so that you could go to heaven. And I'm supposed to be good for Santa Claus who's watching me so that I can get my presents. Well, no matter how many times I would screw up during the year, I always got gifts from Santa Claus. So I kind of had this infantile belief that I'm probably going to go to heaven because, you know, God surely is like Santa Claus. Once I realized that God was not like Santa Claus <laughs> and I was being taught that he really is vengeful and he's angry and you have to follow his rules or you won't go to heaven and there's like hell involved and that scared the crap out of me. But, you know, still we sometimes, I think, skew the belief that we're under grace so we can do anything and we're still going to get those presents just like Santa. But do you really live your life thinking that it's all good and I'm 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 going to go in to a heaven if there's a heaven or do you really take that relationship to a different level do you want a relationship with god that is part of really having the relationship that you would want to have with your dearest friend do you want to spend time with god do you want to look at what god would want for your life and see if you can emulate that. You know, the God of my understanding wants me to be successful in whatever way that can lift up the voice that I'm supposed to have for God. And no matter what that is, if that is to be a school counselor as I was, if that is to work at hospice with the children, all of the things that I've done in my life have been a voice for God because I've always done it out of the purest part of my heart and for the highest and best for the people I'm serving. 
So in my therapy, when I was working as a private therapist, in the coaching that I'm doing now, it's always for the highest and best good for the person I'm serving. And it doesn't matter whether or not I think that path for someone is good. Of course, I'm going to to use the questions and talk to somebody about what what end result that could give them and what end result they're wanting. But it, my highest and best good is to show up and be faithful, to be the voice for that person, to clarify for that person what they're trying to achieve. In my relationship with God, I am always trying to listen to God's voice and hear what it is that I'm supposed to be doing and then take whatever I'm getting from my time with God out into the world and put it into practice. So I'm not just sitting around expecting to be given gifts. I'm, I am active and moving forward in my faith journey and going toward the things that I believe that God is laying in front of me and that I can do. So are you in a relationship with Santa Claus or are you in a relationship with the God of your understanding? Are you having more abundance in asking for things from God or from listening? Well, you know, right now, today, specifically, I'm I'm abundantly worried about one of our dogs, Mona Bell, who went in for just a regular checkup, but then they found some blood in her stool. So now I'm on pins and needles and waiting for the doc to see her and, and give me some information back as to what's going on with her. It's very scary to not know. She's 15. So, you know, things are going to start to happen at some point in her, her life. She could live to be 20 or 100. She could outlive me. But I'm worried that this is coming up at this point and I want to make sure she's okay. So, of course, I have asked for, for the highest and best good for Mona Bell and for our pack and for us in general. But are you always asking, 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 or are you listening for direction? Are you listening for what it is that, that you need to hear from God? And that goes back to sort of how you were raised. You're supposed to pray for things. You're supposed to get answers. You're supposed to ask and it'll be given to you. Well, that may not be exactly what that passage meant. What I what I believe is that if I'm asking for God to show me the direction he wants me to go, I do believe I'll get that. If I'm asking for the lottery to be won by me, I don't know if that's something that I'll, I mean, of course I've played the lottery in the past and I will again probably at some point. However, that's not exactly what they're talking about. I don't think in that passage that every little thing that I want, a new car, a, a newer car, you know, the, the latest technology, how is that relevant to my walk with God? And how is that relevant to what God is wanting me to do in that moment? If I need to be a traveling salesman and I need a new car, maybe I will get that car. Is that in the highest and best way for me to serve God? So I'm not sure how that all works. I'm not a theologian and I'm not the smartest bulb in the box when it comes to understanding scripture. But I do think on one level that I understand that when I'm asking for something, I want it to line up with what the blueprint of my life should be for God. You know, what is what am I asking for and how can God use that? to get his message out or to get the message out that I'm supposed to be getting out, how is that supposed to work? 
But the listening part, getting into a sacred time of listening is where messages are transported back to us, I think. And it's in that silence. They've said it for so long, especially in the contemplative prayer world, in the silence of asking, if I'm asking for something as far as what is my next step? How do I get this put into practice? How can you help me get this done? I think those things are answered. I really do. And it may not be answered in that moment, but as we've talked before, I think it's answered in ways where somebody will come and talk to you about something or you'll see a book or a video will pop up on Facebook and it's exactly what you've been dealing with and there's an answer there for you. So I think that God does use so many different mediums to communicate with us, but the first way is in silence. When we go into that place of that sacred silent time with God, how much time am I listening to God? And how much time am I just sitting around asking for? The next part is, are we doing an abundance of taking or giving? And that's just not in our relationships with each other. When we're talking about our faith journey, am I always taking from God? Give me this. You know, you ask for it and you want to take that and you want to take more and more and more. Or am I giving with my time, my talents? my treasures. So my time may cost me a few bucks if I'm not, you know, coaching, but I'm going to go do something like, you know, carry food to someone who's sick or to send a card to somebody who I, who needs uplifting. Is that how I'm spending my time? Am I spending my talents for God? For So for example, I'm, you know, when I'm doing the the reading at church and I'm serving Eucharist, that's my talent. To be able to be up in front and, and read something that needs to be read or to be on the vestry and, and make decisions for the for the parish building and for the parish body. And and what about treasures? You know, giving the tithe that I feel is is relevant for my relationship back to this parish and to God. So every every one of those T's time, talents, and treasures is something that I really think about and I put into practice whenever I can, is that I will always be spending my time either on this podcast, helping you to understand that you can reclaim your faith and that you can have a relationship with the God of your understanding. I will use my talent in coaching to help people through their coming out and faith journey so that we don't have suicides thinking that they can't be gay with God. So they'll just kill themselves. I don't want that to happen. So my, my talent of being able to connect with people, to care about people, to want the highest and best for people, to challenge people when they need to be challenged and to love people. That is my God-given talent. And I put it into practice as often as I can. I spend my time really devoted when I'm not wiping dog paws. (laughs) I spend my time devoted to learning more about the scripture, more about my relationship with God, speaking to other people about that, being able to write my memoir and get that out to you guys so that you can reclaim your faith and honor your own story. And I share mine so that you can be able to share yours and also to, to live through yours. It is my, it is just my destiny. I think to be 
a beacon of light so that you can find the God of your understanding. So my abundance in that category really is giving of my time, talent, and treasures. And I do take when when God offers something to me, like all of a sudden we've got five dogs instead of three. I see that as a God wink. Now we have more little bunny butt corgis running around, and that makes me very joyful. You know, I love our tail waggers as well. There's just something about those little corgi butts that just make me smile. And so... Yes, right now we have an abundance and I took that and I feel like it's part of the journey. I don't know what part, but I know that it's for something and it's going to be something that we will either learn from or love through or be able to look back and say, oh, so glad it happened in that timing because timing is everything, not just the timing that I spend doing what God wants me to do, but time with God and time being able to look at the timing of life in general, when things happen, how it fits together. Hindsight is wonderful. Not that we can do anything about it, but it is such a teaching tool to look back and say, oh my goodness, that job ended. And then I went over here and that opened me up in such an amazing way, or I learned so much, or I went through this horrible thing. And look how many things happened after that, that just made it just it, it was a timing thing. It, it was the right time for that bad thing to happen because then all these other good things happened after. And sometimes we get bogged down in the bad timing of something and we can't move past it. And that's when being able to sit in silence and listen and say, I can't get through this. I, I'm holding on to this negative timing or this negative event, and I'm not allowing myself to move through it or I'm not allowing myself to understand that I can move through it. That is an intentional prayer time with God to lay it out there that this is my issue, this is my concern, and I don't know how best to move past it. And then you sit in silence and you allow that silence to just wrap you up like a big, comfortable, warm blanket. And sometimes you'll get a thought or an intuition as to what way to go or who to call or something else external will happen after your sacred silent time. All things, all things can be lessons. They can be tragic lessons, my friends, and I know that. And they can be horrible. I still believe that all things are a lesson and something that we can learn from and then create a better pathway for ourselves. The last thing I want to talk about is do we have an abundance of fear versus our faith? Well, I was raised in fear. <laughs> That's That was the message from church from the time that I was little, that, you know, God will bring floods. Uh, God will bring, you know, all sorts of bad stuff, you know, locusts and this and that. And, and they never really clarified why these things were happening. They never talked about how it all was interacting with political things of the time and and the communities that were coming through. And none of that was talked about. It was just that God is vengeful and you don't piss him off, basically. And I lived in fear for most of my life, thinking that I was going to hell for just not being good enough. And then I was going to hell once I figured out that I was gay. I was afraid of that for the longest time. And faith was not even existent. I mean, if you know, once you read my my coming out story, you're going to understand that 
I lived in fear for most of my life, and it was hard for me to connect to faith because I believed only that there was a vengeful God. And I didn't know if I really wanted to believe in a God that would wipe out the firstborn or, you know, all of these things that, you know, I just didn't understand where it was all coming from. And I wasn't always pleased with God. I, you know, I would pray and pray and pray for things, asking, 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 and wondering why it wouldn't happen. I didn't understand how to be in relationship with God and that it's not about Santa Claus. It's not about getting everything you ask for. It's not about taking, taking, taking. It's about understanding that even though I don't understand where God came from and how this all works, that faith is that seed that is just about to blossom. The doubts that we have is the seed of faith. And so I have to be really clear that my faith is always a work in progress. There are things that can derail it. There are things that can help it, but it's always a work in progress. I give of my time, my talents, my treasures, whenever I can. And I believe that the God of my understanding is one that loves me through that whole entire journey that I've been through and has never, ever strayed from me as many times as I have strayed from God. I believe more than anything in this world that all of us can have that relationship with God. We just have to realize that the abundance of time we spend with God creates a deeper relationship with God doesn't mean you can't do a whole bunch of other things. I'm not asking you to join a monastery. (laughs) Although I thought I might be a nun at some point. It was really a good idea that I didn't. (laughs) I don't need to be sequestered. I need to be out amongst the people. And so I'm glad that I didn't follow that kind of inkling that I thought I needed. But I think that also was a place for me to just understand that I need solace with God. I do need quiet time. I need that sacred time to sit and listen. So in your faith journey, I do stress you might need to be careful what you ask for if you are in the asking business. And even when I do ask, I want to be very clear you know, and I joke about getting five dogs instead of three. It wasn't like I was asking for a plethora, although my my wife has always said she would love to have a passel of corgis. I don't know. Maybe she's putting out the type of asking that, that is getting that is coming back to us. But I I am grateful for the pack that we have. They're all getting along. They're being such sweethearts to each other. And I'm so grateful that that little Kenzie came in with Roddy's little face on her and she has blended in like she has been here every day, all the time. She just blended in. For those of you who know me, know that I do believe that 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 our little spirit animals come back to us. And there are several of our dogs that that have come back to us over over the time and I believe that as well and I don't care if you do or not (laughs) but I do and so I do see the essence of Roddy uh, in her and I I am so excited that he decided to come back 
in a little sweet girl that is just so endearing and not as much of a general as he was. So that's good. Uh, but she is very mo food motivated as he was as well. And but then again, like I said before, she is a corgi. So a corgi is food motivated most 100 percent of the time. <laughs> so as you take this journey of abundance of what, I hope that you'll take time to clarify for yourself. Is your relationship God, with God Santa Claus or the God of your understanding? Is it asking versus listening? Is it taking or giving of time, talent, and treasures? Is it fearful or is it based in faith? I appreciate you listening to my little mumblings today. And I hope to see you soon as a guest on the Gay With God podcast. So thank you for being here, for listening, for sharing, subscribing, and supporting this podcast. And if you're so inclined, please write a review wherever you get your podcast from so that we can be more visible. If you want to see more information and links to connect with me, go to the Gay With God show page at empoweredmidge.podbean.com. And if you would like to be a part of the new Ask Me Anything Zoom meetups with me starting January 12th, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, that's going to be where you can ask me anything about my memoir, Gay With God, Reclaiming My Faith, Honoring My Story. You can ask me anything about me. You can ask me anything about anything. And I will answer your questions to the best of my ability. You can find that Zoom link on the Facebook group Gay With God, or you can find it on my Facebook page. If you join the Gay With God Facebook group, which I hope that you do, you can also do a monthly Zoom group entitled My Faith Journey from there that's free. Uh, we're actually having one tonight at 630. So if you want to be a part of that monthly group and just talk about your faith journey or share some stories about yourself, please do. If you do join that group, answer all the questions so that I can see you on the inside. And if you need support to help you through your coming out or faith journey, go to the show page at empoweredmidge.podbean.com. Scroll all the way down to the bottom and see how you can connect with me to receive some coaching. If you are listening to this podcast and are questioning whether you can be gay and be in a relationship with the God of your understanding, if you identify as LGBTQIA+, or not even sure if you're gay, God has always been within you. Even when you didn't know it, you have always been gay with God. Thank you, everybody. Stay tuned to see how you can join the Gay With God community. And as always, you are loved. I want to invite you to become a part of the Gay With God community. How can you do that? Stay connected by messaging me your thoughts and comments in the comment section under the downloads of the show on the Gay With God show page. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen and share, share, share so we can increase our community outreach and be a light to those who are struggling to claim their faith. Consider being a sponsor so I can highlight your service in our community. We are all worthy of respect and a relationship with the God of our understanding. I want to thank you in advance for supporting this podcast. Together, we as a community will keep this show visible and our community stronger. Deep gratitude to my friend Tim McClendon of Tim McClendon Music for allowing me to use an excerpt from Interlude 4 
a song found on his CD entitled Sundance.